welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm Eros Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist for Android devices, <laughs> or any other type of tablet or whatever you get the idea. Great to have you on board once again here on Purple Mafia with our 5-0 Minnesota Vikings. Well, yeah, there you go. I guess I'm 5-0-2 in my predictions, right? Have I picked a loss this year? Let's see. Let's see. I didn't pick a loss in the season opener. I didn't pick a loss against Green Bay. No, I actually picked the Vikings to win all of them. I even picked the Vikings to beat Carolina, which is kind of crazy, but eh, it ended up being dead on, huh? Well, gosh darn it. I guess that means you're listening to a decent show anyway. At least a decent one. Yeah, we'll talk about more some of that in the fan interaction where I had a nice compliment in there. Thank you guys for that. Um, yeah, 5-0. and oh. It's great. It, it feels good, doesn't it? Brock Osweiler, uh, you almost felt sorry for him. In fact, how could you not feel sorry for him against this Viking defense? Come on now. You knew what was going to happen, right? Okay, he didn't throw two interceptions, but he did throw one. And he got his ass kicked the whole game and had just a little bit of trouble completing passes because of the Viking pass defense is pretty good. Uh, Xavier Rhodes didn't have the best game of his life, but he was pretty damn good anyway. Uh, you know, he's, he's still a work in progress in the grand scheme of things. He's going to be a Pro Bowl cornerback at some point in his career. Maybe this year, we'll see. But he, you know, he, he got beat on occasion. He made some mistakes here and there, but hey, you know, <laughs> I mean, he did good enough, right? 45% from Brock Osweiler. Oh, by the way, the counterpart, you know, Sam Bradford, you know, that guy. You know, it's just Sam Bradford, the guy who was the first overall pick for the for the St. Louis Rams, now L.A. Rams. Um, yeah, you know, just kind of a bust of a first-round pick, first overall pick and everything. Yeah, only 73% completion percentage, you know, two touchdowns, quarterback rating, only 123.1. I mean, the guy's awesome, isn't he? He's, he's really <laughs> perfect fit for this for this team right now. He really is, and that does, again, raise the question of who's the quarterback long-term. But, again, we're going to have to wait till January, February, September, wink, wink, you know, next September about that. Odds are Bradford probably will be the starting quarterback come September next season because of Bridgewater's recovery, but you, you get the idea. Again, I'm already getting way ahead of myself with that one. Yeah, just, yeah, kind of, with the way this game started, you just kind of put your feet up. You have a beverage of your choice. In my case, probably just water because I need to do the show. <laughs> you know, I mean... Yeah, I don't drink that much. I just have one usually, maybe two. But it makes me sleepy and maybe my thought process isn't exactly the way I'd like it to be if I'm going to do a show. And I get thirsty a lot and stuff. You know, you get the idea. <laughs> uh, but you just put your feet up and just relax in this one. I mean, this was this was just a dominant performance. And you'll hear about that in Fan Interaction some more. I keep referring to that. But hey, you, you guys really do carry the show more than you think. Um the Vikings defense carried the show again. I mean, one of 13, one of 13 third down efficiency for the Houston Texans. One of 13. I mean, who, who do you think won the football game? I mean, yeah, maybe the Texans would win if the Vikings turned the ball over four or five times. Maybe if Adrian was at running back, but okay, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, the Vikings third down efficiency. 50%, 7 of 14. I mean, you, you could just keep going now. I mean, just dominant. I mean, time of possession, the Vikings had the ball almost 40 minutes, 37 and a half to, to uh, Houston's 22 and a half. One thing I would like, though, can we let go of the Houston? We have a problem bit. Yeah, you know, every time the Wolves played the Houston Rockets, 
and we were winning the game. Oh, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, you know, Tom Hanks. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, yeah. Houston has a problem. Yeah, oh, okay. Can, can we, you know, do you think they think that's been overplayed just a little bit now? Just a little bit? Um, yeah, Houston had a problem. That's great. Uh, they started the season good. I still think they could be a playoff team in the AFC. But isn't it good to be on the winning side of one of these, though, where it's two decent football teams, decent or really good, you get the idea. You get a team that's maybe fifth or sixth seed in their conference. They're going to make the playoffs, maybe. Maybe they'll get to the second round if they have a really good game, but they're probably going to be done in the in the second round because they're going to be playing the big boy. You get one who's one of those and then one who is one of the big boys. I mean, is it safe to say the Vikings are one of the big boys in the NFL right now? I say absolutely. I mean, you have a defense that... I mean, the weakness might be the youth and inexperience of some of the some of the defensive backs. You have probably the best safety in football right now uh, in Harrison Smith. You have one of the best defensive lines, if not the best. It's just unbelievable. Um, again, nobody's perfect. You get penalties called sometimes at stupid times, but uh, the, the Vikings had a lot of penalties today for a while there, but it, it, it just it didn't even matter. I mean, the Vikings were just so strong throughout the entire way, it didn't even really bother you. You know how normally when you get penalties called, you start screaming and yelling what the bleep is wrong with you, how stupid can you be, or what kind of bullcrap call is that? Of course, usually different words used, but this is kind of a family show. I'll, I'll, I'll call it a semi-family show. But um, <laughs> you, you just, you, you know, it's like you just feel okay. Like I always used to say back in 98, and I wish I did a podcast back then, but I'm sure I would have been a little bit more of a motor mouth rather than an organized podcaster, show host, you know, radio host. I don't even want to use the word podcaster, but you get the idea. <laughs> but I would have said, it's third, and, it's third and nine, we'll get it. It's third and 18, we'll get it. Fourth and five, we'll get it. It's just kind of like that. I mean, we'll be fine. Um, it's not necessarily that way with the offense, but it's getting better. That's the key here. That is the theme of this show today. The offense is getting better and better. And the overall team is just getting better and better. That's the theme. That's the title of the episode. Better and better. Um, every week, you feel more confident in this football team, and you see more separation from your opponent to the Vikings. Um, or to the Viking, from the Vikings to your opponent, if you get the idea. You're seeing a deeper and deeper separation. The Vikings beat the Houston Texans today worse than they beat the, the uh, New York Giants last week. The Vikings barely beat the Packers, but they beat them. And it was extremely encouraging. But it was also the first game of the entire season for Sam Bradford. Uh, first game ever for the team. A different offense. It was kind of a quick, quick... Uh, Quick study, get things going, and they still won that game. That type of deal. You had a scare going down 10 nothing against uh, Tennessee. Stuff like that. But you're seeing a progression. If this is a stock, a mutual fund, a whatever, well, you can't call it a bond because bonds don't necessarily go up. They just accumulate in dividends. <laughs> There's your financial little segment. Mini- miniature one. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a there is a constant progress. You're seeing further and further separation. Last time the Vikings were 5-0, and they beat the St. Louis Rams 41-7. to And this is based solely on my memory because that's just what kind of person I am. I have a weird memory. It's just always there. Certain things, I, can't, I can forget little stupid things sometimes at work, but then obviously it gets easily corrected, right? 
But I can remember the title of the episode. It was Ho-Hum 5-0 and because the Vikings played the St. Louis Rams who were completely hapless that year. And of course, that hopeless season for the Rams got them Sam Bradford. So I guess that somehow drew that web together. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But it, it was a similar situation where there was a continued separation. But this team... I don't know. I mean, that team with the Vikings was really, really good. And you had a feeling the Vikings could get to the Super Bowl. And there was a very good chance the Vikings could have, would have, should have had home field advantage throughout the playoffs until some late season gaffes that just didn't make any bleeping sense. You don't get the vibe you're going to get late season gaffes. And you don't have a coach that you hate. Even though Brad Childress had the best season of his career easily in 2009 he made one good challenge after another he was always right it was fantastic but there was always that little thing kind of in the back of your head in the bottom of your gut whatever the word is the pit of your stomach about Brad Childress there was always that and then you always look back to the past oh how are they gonna blow it this time I don't feel that this time around other than the kicker (laughs) who scares the hell out of everybody but he was perfect today and his kicks were perfect too you didn't really get any fear of that so that's good for now good in some ways bad in others maybe but um I don't really feel a whole lot of fear right now I mean this team looks like a team that's going to go something of the likes of 14 and 2 and this is experience talking you think this is a rube coming out wearing purple paint horns all that stuff and god bless you if you do but (laughs) I'm not somebody that comes on here on Purple Mafia and predicts 16-0 and seasons, 14-2 and seasons. I've never done that. Not even when Brett Favre suited up. And, well, because that team, you knew there were flaws here and there. You didn't have great linebackers. You had decent linebackers. Ben Lieber was decent. Chad Greenway was above average, but he wasn't as good as these guys. Are you kidding me? No. Uh, you had a defensive line, Williams Ball, that was very good. But were they as good as this this group? I don't know. I mean, Jared Allen and Everson Griffin, interchangeable, but I think Griffin is more of a complete player. That type of thing. Did you have a Harrison Smith on the roster? No. (laughs) Absolutely not. And Antoine Winfield had his worst season as a Viking because he had a Liz Frank fracture, which cracks down the middle of your foot, literally all the way across from the front of your foot to about the, the ankle area, the front ankle, the high ankle. That sucks. He had a little Liz Frank fracture. That messed up his whole season for the most part. Not the same guy the whole year. You didn't have that. You had Asher Allen. You had bums like that. Asher freaking Allen. Cedric Griffin was decent. Stuff like that. But you have a different situation here where it's just these guys, I mean, these guys know where to be. They listen to their coach. And when they don't, they get chewed out. Next thing you know, they don't make the same mistake. Not the same situation before. You had that cover two defense that was Tampa two, whatever. That was good sometimes and bad other times. This is a complete defense that is just insane. And you have an offense which continues to get better and better. And you have a coaching staff that is really, that is is battle-tested beyond belief. Of course, on the offensive side of the ball, you have George Edwards, which somebody on uh, Game Show Friday on 1500, it took 10 callers to get to that. I kept screaming George Edwards from the beginning. You know, I mean, if you, come on, how do you not know who the defensive coordinator is? I know he's buried under Mike Zimmer because Mike Zimmer is the defensive coordinator, right? Wink, wink. Come on, you you have to know who that is. But uh, yeah, the, the offensive side has some really, really good coaching and it continues to develop and the offensive line continuing to step up. You saw Fusco get hurt a bit, unfortunately. That was when there was a breakdown and Sam Bradford got his clock cleaned and that was unfortunate because, <laughs> I mean, Fusco was on the ground hurt 
Um, you had that type of, you had that situation develop. You had Pruitt go down as well. I couldn't tell if it was a concussion or a neck or what the heck. That's unfortunate there. I, actually, a knee. So his status still kind of up in the air, unfortunately. Didn't look too good, though. Um, apologize that I don't have that right here in front of me. Hopefully by second segment I'll have it. <laughs> kind of reviewing the game right now rather than delivering uh, injury news because that kind of come that takes time to come out, unfortunately. Sometimes it takes a couple of days even. Um, but, uh, yeah, just continued separation as the offense continues to improve. The defense has been stable all season, allowing only 66 points. In five games, which is insane. It is up there with the greatest defenses of all time with Baltimore and Chicago. Baltimore 2000, Chicago 85. A lot of us saw both, and some of us saw Baltimore, and a good number of us saw Baltimore. So that type of deal. This Vikings defense absolutely pairs up with them, but you have a better offense than I think both of those teams, other than, of course, Walter Payton. Though, again, as I continue to roll all over the place of this one, Walter Payton was nearing the end of his career, but still, it was his last very good season with that Bears team. Um, but yeah, <laughs> very, very fun. I, I, I know I'm kind of all over the place here because there's just so many things to get to and it's so fun and it, it just, you'd never want this to end, boy. You just want it to go all the way. Uh, Stefan Diggs out today with the groin injury. So you saw Jarius Wright. That was great. You even saw, what's his name in his uniform, but you never saw him get targeted. He was never on the field really to, for the most part, Laquan Treadwell, Charles Johnson had one catch for two yards and that's it. Um, the, the other guy who started though, I, I don't know, was it Chris Walsh or I, I don't know, Chris, oh wait, that's from the nineties. Uh, I don't know. We'll get to him in a minute, but Jarius Wright got to play and he was perfect. He got all the passes that were thrown his way, including some big ones that helped get us the first step. Really exciting to see Jarius Wright out there. Gotta love that. Rudolph was overthrown at one point. Um, you know, nothing's, nobody's perfect. Cordero Patterson continues to be valuable now in this offense, and that's really good to see. I think Charles Johnson is going to be beaten out by Cordero Patterson, not by Jarius Wright necessarily, or by, um, uh, what the hell, Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, see, I'm almost forgetting him because he's not even out there ever. But, well, I got to tell you something, Jarius Wright's more reliable than Charles Johnson. Okay, is that okay to say? Am I being mean? Am I being mean? Zach Lyon missed a sure touchdown, unfortunately. It just didn't work out. Bummer. It would have been great if he pulled that in. It wasn't the easiest thing, but if he had, he caught it. it would, he was wide open. I mean, he was in the end zone, so that's a bummer. Asiata showing incredible value today. He actually led the team in rushing, but he also had three catches. Powerful plays, just blowing down that field, helping the Vikings offense continue to show what it can do, I mean, throughout the game. But the other guy who started for the Vikings was Adam Thielen, and, you know... This guy is really good, isn't he? <laughs> He's a really good possession receiver. That's what we can call him. He's got better leaping ability than most of us would think. And he and when the ball is near him, he is glue, man. I mean, he's got glue on those gloves, I think. They might need to check those gloves to see if he put some type of super glue on them because he catches just about pretty much everything that's thrown his way. He had seven receptions, 127 yards, a far career high, a deep pass, 36 yards out, right on the money. Uh, he beat his defender who bit after a, uh, after he made a move like a juke. Had his defender bite, make him think that uh, he was going to go up the middle. Because you don't really expect Adam Thielen to go down. He's more of a slot receiver, right? But this shows his value. I mean, yes, he can catch up the middle being a slot receiver, fake the guy to go in the middle, but then all of a sudden there he goes down the flat 
or down the sideline, actually. He wasn't even in the flat. <laughs> it's a touchdown, 36 yards out, just right on the money from Mr. Sam Bradford, who's highest paid playing member of the highest paid player on the on the playing roster at this stage and well worthy of that check. I mean, just beautiful pass to Adam Thielen. And what what an emergence. I mean, these two, I mean, this makes Sam Bradford look really good though. I mean, think about the chemistry he's formed with Kyle Rudolph. That's number one, right? So yeah, get your hand ready, you know, your fist. So that's, that's my, my index finger up. Uh, Stefan Diggs, he had about 200 yards in the, in the first game against Green Bay. <laughs> You're seeing a good rapport with Cordero Patterson. That's three, but you've seen pretty much the whole way with Adam Thielen. Boom, boom, boom. That's four guys he's developed really good chemistry with, and it's fantastic. Charles Johnson, I mean, it's not even about chemistry there. It's just, I don't know, he's just not, he's just either not open or he's just not in the game or what the hell the deal is. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, Even right though, you saw what I see all the time, reliability. Jerry, Julius Wright is Jarius Julius. Jarius Wright is reliable. And just, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to watch. As far as I'm concerned, Asiata strong in the game, rushing the ball in. Again, you get the idea there. Jarek McKinnon, not that explosive today. He had a little bit of this. I'm going to bring us an old sound back because I finally got it back again. It was this. Two yards in a cloud of dust. It's like hand the ball to Jarek McKinnon and, yeah, two yards in a cloud of dust. So that one's back. I'm glad to have that sound bite back. I missed it. The old two yards in a cloud of dust sound bite <laughs> from Castlevania 3 there. Well, it's autumn. How can you not like Castlevania? It's even October. Um, yeah, he couldn't get forward too much at Asiata. I mean, it gets, when you're going against a powerful run defense, Asiata was able to get through. McKinnon not as much, but still showed his value off and on throughout the game. And thank you for that very much. Um, Bradford and Thielen, boom, boom. I mean, a one-two punch, that works. Bradford to Stefan Diggs, it works. It's beautiful. It's unbelievable. Bradford to Kyle Rudolph in the end zone or a 20-some yard play. Chemistry, 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 chemistry. That that could be another form. (laughs) That could be another name for this episode. It's fantastic. I mean, it's continuing development between Bradford and multiple receivers. You're seeing the chemistry with him and Jarek McKinnon, and you even saw it with Matt bleeping Asiata. <laughs> Matt Asiata <laughs> caught everything that came his way as well. Reliable, hang on to the hung onto the football. I'm a little bit worried about him fumbling after the catch, a la you know who. The he who he who was on the sidelines wearing a, a purple and pink hat today. And um, you know, it's okay. <laughs> nothing wrong with the hat and nothing wrong with Adrian necessarily, but uh just the fumbling, you know, it can just kinda get down, get a little bit under your skin when it costs you huge games or play uh, playoff games or something. Doesn't really sit too well with me. But <laughs> just a beautiful overall uh chemistry within the offense and the defense. I mean do I need to keep saying it? I mean, dominant. I mean, it's just dominant. Houston got 13 points only because of a late touchdown in the game. Basically, you could call it garbage time. Like when Green Bay would, you know, score two touchdowns late in that game when the Vikings were blowing them out way back in the rainy night in Monday Field, Lambeau Field. Um, rainy Monday night on Lambeau Field back in good old 98. It was a situation like that. Late touchdown there. Uh, Captain Munnerlin was valuable, very solid throughout the game, deflecting passes and all that. Eric Hendricks, just be- unbelievable, outstanding performance for him once again. Eric Hendricks, to me, he sticks, he stands out more than Anthony Barr. It's, he, he's just faster than him. He's, he, he's involved so much. And I mean, my God, that guy is... <laughs> 
as good as Anthony Barr is, and yes, I'm sure he gets blocked more, he gets more attention, but Kendricks capitalizes on anything coming his way, it seems like. He, he is just absolutely fantastic. He had missed tackles in the season opener, but ever since then, not that much. And again, you just wanted to continue. He deflected two passes, nearly had an interception in the game. Terrence Newman had a couple try all, all, uh, interceptions in the game as well. Tom Johnson, Mr. Reliable again. Another sack for him. Two sacks for Brian Robinson, almost three in the game. Daniil Hunter, late this time, late to the party, but still very, very involved throughout the game. Late to the party, getting a late sack. It's welcome all the time. Just Daniil Hunter, man. I mean, you, you can just go on and on about that guy. The veterans are reliable, and the uh, like Robinson and such. But the young guys, my goodness, I mean, explosive. Just stay healthy, guys. That's all I got to say. Continue to stay healthy. That would be greatly appreciated. The only time you saw Laquan Treadle out there, you just saw a non-return. That's about it. But at least you saw him on the field for a short time. You saw Charles Johnson return a ball 16 yards, and that's about it. Uh, and then you also saw Marcus Sherrills again return a touchdown. Two punt return touchdowns for Marcus Sherrills. This would be his second of the... Well, yeah, I already said that. And 79 yards for this one. It just seemed like it was too easy for him in this case. Um... When he fair catches, it's because there's nothing there. And when he runs, you just say, Ooh, boy, something could happen here. You might get a 30-yard return to get you in good field position, or he might go all the way. And this time he did. <laughs> to steal a line from a uh, ESPN host that I don't like very much, he could go all the way. Yeah. And he did. Touchdown. Um, <laughs> offense, defense, special teams. I mean, there you go. The the, the trifecta. There it is. Beautiful. Green Bay sitting out this week. Actually, no, they're not, but he got the idea. <laughs> they sat out last week. I'm sleeping on the job here. My apologies. I don't know why I'm saying that. I'm just staring at something and I'm getting all these assumptions. Nope. We'll get back to that in the second uh, segment. So, uh, otherwise, uh, you were right out there, all of your people that picked the Vikings to win 79% versus 21% on Yahoo Sports. Boom. I mean, there you go. How does it feel to be the team that 80% of the voters on, on on the national you know websites out there are picking us? How does it feel to be that team that gets picked that way? To be the big boy beating the, the playoff, the prob- possible playoff team, Houston. Though a game like today, oh, I don't know. I mean, Osweiler got beat up so much, I don't know. <laughs> he, he could have had four interceptions today had uh, the Vikings been a little bit quicker to the, the catch there. I mean, they were not good throws. There were several inaccurate throws that were nowhere. One other play, though, I, I have to mention this in closing before I pass out the awards. It's going to be hard to give at least, yeah, it's going to be hard to, like it usually is, such a team effort, but um, Bill Bryan, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, what are you doing, man? I mean, you had a fourth and 16. I understand you're desperate to get something going. It's one thing to go for fourth and 16. It's another to, to pull out the old <laughs> the old to pull a play out of the old children's playbook, or I don't even remember his name anymore. The former coordinator under uh, under the former coach. <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's frustrating. I mean, he he hikes the. It just it made me mad watching it because it's like, what were you thinking? It was a two yard pass. You really think you're going to get enough blocks to? to convert 16 yards. Do you really think that's going to happen? And of course, the, the former coach is Leslie Frazier. It's just, I'm just sleeping on that one right now. Tried to forget him, <laughs> including that coordinator, but of course, Brad Childress and that crew as well. Just was unbelievably frustrating to watch. 
at times through uh, the old Nafaho Tahi, the infamous Nafaho Tahi plays Tavares Jackson to, to the hymn. And that's kind of what that reminded me of, those third and third and 11, and like you make a two-yard pass. And that's basically what happened. And you saw O'Brien kind of, kind of walking, kind of trotting down the sideline, dropping F-bombs at himself. Well, why did you do it, Bill? Why did you do it? You just gave the Vikings the ball on the 50, basically. Good play. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to last, but then again, they have improved. But it was the same offseason for the horrible Minnesota Vikings after 2013, the horrible Houston Texans after 2013. And, I mean, yeah, seriously, who's who's got the better coach? Do the Vikings or do the Texans? I mean, hello? It's not too hard to... Not too hard there, is it? So we'll leave that alone. Fran Tarkenton Award, before I jump on myself anymore here. Fran Tarkenton Award, it's going to go to Sam Bradford and Adam Thielen in this game. Beautiful connection between the two. They led the way. They set the tone in this football game. And they're the reason that the Vikings jumped out to that early lead. And it was fantastic. It was just, it, it was what it was. I've kind of rehashed it over and over again. And the defense just did what they do. Kind of like the 96 Yankees. You know, you build a little lead. And then you bring in Mariano Rivera in the eighth inning. And, 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 and John Wetland. Oh, my God. I can't believe I still remember that. You have John Wetland. That guy got buried under Mariano Rivera. He brought him in in the ninth inning. It's game over. I mean, you have a lead after the seventh inning. It's game over. The 96 Yankees. Could, that's how they won that World Series. It was just like, eh, we got this. John Wetland just would, he, he didn't allow a run, if I remember correctly, during that postseason. It was just crazy. And that's what the Vikings defense looks like right now. You give them a lead, it's over, man. And they might even give you... <laughs> it'd be like a, a Bumgarner of the San Francisco Giants hitting a home run. That's basically what our defense is capable of on occasion when you get Kendrick getting pick sixes or, or Xavier Rhodes or, or uh, Daniel Hunter getting a safety. Something like that. Fumble recovery. Beautiful. I, f- I feel very confident. We're talking about the Yankees and the San Francisco Giants here. That's seven world championships in, in, my, in, my, uh, in my lifetime. Um, in, in, insane. Seven world championships between those two teams in my lifetime. Crazy. So, hopefully the Vikings continue where they're going with that. Christian Ponder Memorial? I don't know. I mean, maybe I should just... I I, I don't know. Um, I'm just going to give the... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give the urban legend to Bill O'Brien with that play call. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Stop, stop imitating Brad Childress. That's all I got to say with that one. Christian Ponder Memorial... I mean, even the weather is like a Fran Tarkenton. Even though it's a little bit cold, that's the one thing maybe I'd complain about. Uh, Blair Walsh, perfect on his kicks. I don't know. I mean, I'm still not, I'm still very skeptical. I'm not confident in the guy long-term. Just hopefully we're ahead enough that we don't have to worry about it. Like the rest of the way, that type of thing in, in games you have to win. But yeah, let's, uh, let's get out of here before I drag this too long. <laughs> I've really enjoyed this segment, if you can't tell. Christian Ponder Memorial, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm going to give it to this sloppiness, maybe, the sloppiness of Xavier Rhodes on occasion. Now, Xavier Rhodes is not the Christian Potter Memorial because he was great defensively. Just the sloppiness, the penalties in general, we'll say, we'll get the uh, we'll get the uh, Christian Potter Memorial. But luckily, it didn't matter too much. But you don't want that happening on the road in Lambeau Field or in Philadelphia coming up, which we'll be talking about in segment number two, stuff like that. Of course, it'll be post the buy, but I still got to preview it. So we'll be back to talk about all that right after this. Now, another installment of George Stories. 
Often I'm at my parents' house to do lawns, so a lot of times they would have me take the birdseed out to the backyard. A lot of times I'd have a trouble picking up the thing, but I'd never spill it. I'd always be really careful not to spill it. So what happens the one time my dad grabs the thing, I kind of look away. I'm just, wait for it, wait for it. And all of a sudden I hear, oh, damn it. And let's just say I was laughing for the next three hours about that because there were thousands of seeds all over the floor. Segment number two, time for the NFC North Roundup. And, of course, we're going to preview the Philadelphia game coming up in two weeks. So, of course, there will not be a show next week. And I'll talk about that in segment number three anyway. Uh, so, we're back here again. I'm just going to, again, make try to be careful to not wake my wife up. Apologize that uh, little change is here. So, just letting you know, she has to get up very, 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 very early. So, that is what it is. Well, the Chicago Bears, we'll open up with that one. They lose to the Indianapolis Colts in Lucas Oil Field, 29-23. Just another not-so-good showing for the Chicago Bears. The Colts win their second game in a row. Good for them, I guess. Adam Vinatieri, man, that guy's still around. Five field goals today. Yuck. Not the most entertaining game you ever saw, was it, on uh, CBS? Or was it, yeah, CBS today. Not the best thing you ever saw. Andrew Luck, though, fairly sharp. But so was Brian Hoyer. He's definitely the guy now. It looks like he is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears for the foreseeable future until they get a true quarterback of the future. <laughs> My goodness, only 10 incompletions today. <laughs> Almost, gosh, he completed over th- three, three-fourths of his passes, 76.7 officially. Andrew Luck, though, also 70%. Both of them, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Quarterback ratings in the triple digits, 120 for uh, Brian Hoyer, 113 for Andrew Luck. So good on the offensive side. But neither team really closing the deal, uh, other than, I guess, (laughs) Andrew Luck getting his club into field goal range quite a few times, and Adam Vinatieri finishing the job. Neither of the defense is that good, neither of the offense is that spectacular, but, well, it is what it is. You have an aging Frank Gore, who had a solid game, 75 yards on the ground, 5.4 a carry, and Jordan Howard had an explosive game, so I'll be fair about that. He's actually been doing pretty well. Of course, with Matt Forte going to the New York Jets, so it's like you got to kind of start over. Jordan Howard, though, my goodness, I mean, a fifth-round pick, <laughs> 11th pick in the, in the fifth round by the Chicago Bears. He's the starting running back, and he's doing very well so far. About, gosh, almost almost 300 yards in the season, not too bad. Had another, had another long gain today, 57 yards uh, at that stage, 118 overall. Strong performance for him. I mean, good good luck for the Bears in that category. I mean, it's kind of a, sometimes you get lucky, and I guess the Bears did with that one. Um, but they didn't ultimately win the game, so there you go. They're 1-4. The Detroit Lions with another solid win today, believe it or not. And, well, we'll save that one for last because it's against uh, next week's opponent. I'm going to jump around the league a little bit here. Tennessee beating Miami. They win their third game of the season. Dallas is looking more like a dangerous foe for the Vikings uh, with our Super Bowl aspirations than we thought. They pounded Cincinnati up 21 nothing at a or 28 nothing at a point. They 
end up winning 28-14. Cincinnati adding a couple touchdowns late. The LA Rams, their luck has come to a screeching halt today. Buffalo Bills crushing them in their home stadium, 30-19. to Oakland outlasting San Diego, getting their fourth win of the year. Good, good job, Oakland. Way to keep things rolling there. I'm very happy about that, actually. I know, I mean, it's like kind of closet Raiders fan. Not really, but you know what I mean? Just rooting for them. You know, it's a nice new young team. Um, one that scares me a little bit. In fact, it's kind of starting to bug me. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons... Wow, they beat the Denver Broncos. So the Vikings now the last team remaining that's undefeated at 5-0. and Denver Broncos no longer in that group. They are 4-1 and in the season. The Falcons beat them 23-16 in Denver. Yeah, that bugs me a little bit. Um, kind of scary. Denver's not perfect or anything, but that Atlanta offense is, is damn good. It's going to be quite the epic battle should these teams face in the playoffs at some point. Should the Atlanta Falcons win the division? And the chances of that are very high right now because Carolina's kind of down and out. <laughs> they kind of are. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, I'm not too confident in them. The Atlanta Falcons, I'm at Ryan. Julio Jones is the most deadly quarterback receiver combination in football right now. We'll see if their luck runs out. I kind of hope it does. But um, I don't even want to go there, guys. And you know why. I don't even want to talk about Vikings Falcons. I'm sorry. Just no. Uh-uh. Other than avenging it. Avenge it once and for all. Stick that dagger right in the heart of that team once and for all. Should the time come. Should the time come indeed. Um, well, and the other one, of course, the other NFC North is Green Bay and New York Giants. And Green Bay's leading, yeah, so they're up 20-9. to nine. Very impressive first drive in the game. Now, this is in the fourth quarter. It's just going on now. I have to record Sunday night to get this show up. So, yeah. And then you had the debate going on at the same time. That's over with. So, got to watch that. <laughs> uh, just, yeah. It, it's tough keeping up with everything sometimes. And there's so much going on. It's funny, though, how sharp Aaron Rodgers was early on. But then you see un- then you see uncharacteristic mistakes. Or are they becoming characteristic? You see him missing on what could have been a touchdown ended up almost being an interception. It was just completely out of the guy's reach to a point that he just, uh, it was Avante Adams, the other receiver, like the number two, I guess, number two, yeah, number two wide receiver because Cobb is a slot receiver. He pulled his hands away because he thought, oh, it must be for somebody behind me. There was no green jersey behind him. It was just a terrible throw. I mean, it's funny seeing Aaron Rodgers struggle like this. 47% at, at this point. This is again in the fourth quarter. The Packers are probably going to win the game. Mason probably makes every kick nowadays, and it's frustrating. New York Giants just hapless as ever. Um, kind of sucks. Uh, but they were keeping the Packers at bay until late. Until lately, but Mason Crosby's been adding some field goals, kind of back-to-back drives here. Uh, at the very end of the of the half, actually, and then it wasn't back-to-back drives. Pardon me, <laughs> I'm going crazy. Very end of the half, and then of course at the in the very early in the fourth quarter, Giants kind of hanging in there, still down by 11. But um, just you're not seeing anything. I mean, Odell Beckham will make a catch, but other than that, he'll he'll miss plays that you think are quite lazy. Uh, they're generating zero running game whatsoever in New York. I mean, this looks just like the Vikings the first two weeks of the season with a certain certain guy. Uh, who was their starting core, our starting running back at the time? Um, very similar, yeah. Eleven yards for Orleans Darkwa, and yeah, just kind of goes from there into single digits the rest of the way. Now, of course, there weren't a whole lot of rushes attempted, but two point oh a carry for Rainey, one point six for Darkwa. Ain't gonna get too far. Maybe you might as well keep keep giving it to Perkins. 
Yeah, that's the guy I would go for, right? Four yards on his one one rush. <laughs> Devontae Adams being very solid today. Randall Cobb as well. Both of them may eclipse. I mean, one of them may eclipse the hundred yard mark. Devontae Adams though, with the touchdown so far in this one, and of course Jordy Nelson early on, big connection with him and uh, uh, Rodgers. But then since then, eight out of ten have been misses. Eight out of ten have been either dropped or just bad passes by Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. So that's the hope for the Vikings to win this division. It's like you're scared watching Aaron Rodgers in that opening drive. And then after that, it's like, well, no, I'm not too scared. The Vikings are going to win the division. Um, Sure, the Green Bay Packers very likely will beat the Giants. But Aaron Rodgers is having a hell of a time against a defense that that, uh, uh, Sam Bradford kind of got through like... uh, Warm butter, at least in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Giants did hold us at bay for a while there, but then when it mattered, Sam Bradford went right through him like warm butter, and it was something. I suppose Aaron Rodgers did that in the first quarter, and they've held the lead all the whole time, but uh, whatever. Uh, I feel very confident in that case when you consider Aaron Rodgers as the top quarterback in football, but if he keeps throwing them throwing like this, I don't know if he is the top quarterback in football. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, Washington and Baltimore, what an impressive win for the Washington Redskins and yet another loss for the Baltimore Ravens. So now they have two losses on the year, 16-10 to 10 in a defensive battle. Washington just a little bit better. Oh, Tom Brady's back, and it was against Cleveland. Big numbers, 400-yard game and everything, but it was Cleveland. Whatever, 33-13, I'm glad the Patriots won, but whatever. Similar situation with Pittsburgh, I'm not glad they won, but they destroy the Jets, 31-13. Not much of a game at all. Tampa and Carolina will be playing later. They'll be playing tomorrow night, Mon- Monday night football, Arizona, San Francisco, 49ers. Just, I don't know, just nothing impressive about them. Um, 33-21 in that case, nothing impressive at all, to be quite honest. I don't know why it's showing October 10th. That's wrong. Oh, that's that was Thursday. What the hell kind of glitch is this? But I guess they're playing each other again. I don't get it. <laughs> Coming up Thursday. We'll just worry about that when it comes, I guess. <laughs> kind of funny. No, I, I think it was actually uh, Thursday. Um, yes, and it was. It was. It was. It was. It was. Yep, I remember it was the Thursday game, of course. I watched part of it. Nothing spectacular, though. Not really worth watching, to be honest. So let's get to the other part of the NFC North <laughs> roundup. The Detroit Lions doing the Vikings a favor, cutting Philadelphia out of the whole uh, undefeated mark. And hey, if you're looking for the top seed in the NFC, well, this is how you get it, is you get a little bit of help once in a while when you're tied with somebody else. Detroit getting the job done in Ford Field, 24-23. Thank you, Detroit Lions. Awesome. Matthew Stafford getting the Lions up 14-0 in that first quarter with some exciting plays. Big numbers. He had three touchdowns for like the longest time, and he just kept it going. And again... Again, every week, every week I talk about this. This is the good Matthew Stafford. This is the good side of Matthew Stafford. This is Dr. Jekyll, or yeah, this is Dr. Jekyll. (laughs) Yep, despite getting sacked four times in the game, he had a quarterback rating of 135, only attempted 25 passes, but just efficient as all hell, 76% overall. Wow. He did lose a fumble in the game, but that does not affect his quarterback rating. Carson Wentz, not quite as sharp, but still eclipsed the century mark in quarterback rating. Two touchdowns, one interception, about 103 quarterback rating there, 238 yards overall, and about 76% completion percentage. Carson Wentz is definitely, well, he's definitely a threat coming in, but 
I mean, we beat Rodgers, we beat Cam Newton. Rodgers is starting to lose it. Cam Newton's starting to lose it. Eli Manning's been a Super Bowl champion, but it's just, I don't know, that, that Giants team is just meh. I don't know what to say about them. Um, if Detroit's defense can can semi-contain Carson Wentz, I mean, sure, he's accurate and all that, and he put up numbers, touchdown passes, good quarterback rating. you got to think the Vikings' defense can do better, right? And what did I say again, like I said in the first <laughs> first uh, segment about Osweiler coming into Met, uh, Metrodome, coming into the U.S. Bank Stadium, was you're going to force him into a turnover and a lot of mistakes. So we could have had maybe four interceptions in the game. Some of the passes were so bad. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a wake-up call when, when he plays against the Vikings. Yes, it'll be in Philadelphia. And yes, this one was on Ford Field. So it helped Detroit's cause a bitch. I mean, home games are nice and everything. Philadelphia has a, well, a really good passing game. The running game doesn't scare me too much, but oh, maybe it should a little bit. I mean, Carson Wentz is slightly mobile. I mean, he, he got 14 yards in the ground, I guess. He can run for a little bit. He had a 10-yard run for a first down. Darren Sproles, man, he's still playing. Um, it's like he's not that old, but but he is that old. I mean, he's been around a long time. He's got to been. He's got to be about a ten-year veteran by now. Ryan Matthews, the bust running back from the San Diego Chargers, who's not a complete bust, but semi-bust. He he lost a fumble in the game. Had forty-two yards total, three point eight a carry. Darren Sproles a bit a bit scary at times. He can break loose for something. Um, he he's he's very quick. He's more of a third down back, like the David Palmer type, if you know what I mean, when David Palmer was on the Vikings or something like that. Chester Taylor, you know, he can be a little, he's a little quicker than Chester Taylor and he's certainly not Mass Asiata, Matt Asiata, pardon me. He's more of the quick guy where Matthews is more powerful. Um, it's a decent running back duo, but again, it doesn't scare me that much. I mean, kind of like the Giants, they have a quick, a quick guy and a power guy, kind of like the Vikings too. Um... I think the Vikings can beat Philadelphia, and, and I mean, the, the Vikings can't win every game, right? But I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It was nice to see uh, Anquan Bolden lead the uh, Detroit Lions in receptions. That's cool. He was able to catch everything that came his way, and that's what he does. Didn't get in the end zone, but still nice. And, of course, <laughs> Matthew Stafford's favorite, new favorite receiver, Marvin Jones Jr., another touchdown, and Theo Reddick with two touchdowns also in the screen passes along the way. I, I like the versatility of Theo Reddick. He's kind of their Jarek McKinnon there in Detroit. He's been very solid in that category. Um, but we should talk about Philadelphia here. They're, they've been dropped down to 3-1. and one. Uh, let's, see who they're, let's see who they're playing next week. That's kind of important, isn't it? <laughs> but overall, I mean, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is definitely the biggest threat coming in, I'd have to say. Now they're playing Washington. Okay, that's very, 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 very important. Huge, important game for the Philadelphia Eagles if they intend to, well, win the NFC East, which I think right now they're the favorites. But then again, Washington did get it done last year. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see with that one. It's going to be quite interesting, honestly. It'll be a continued gauge to see how serious this team is. I mean, yeah, I mean, Ryan Matthews is nothing spectacular. Jordan Matthews is the leading receiver on this team, but so is Darren, Darren Sproles also is a pretty good receiving back as well because, again, he's that quick guy you can catch. Carson Wentz has been awesome. Um, he's fumbled three times, though. Three times, but he's lost none of them. That's the interesting. So he can fumble the ball. Hmm. And, of course, he's young. He's He's old. He's an old rookie, but he's still very young at the end of the day. 
Hmm. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Uh, they have a decent defense. Fletcher Cox with three sacks. That's the young, you know, that's the son of the old Cox back in the day, Brian Cox. Brandon Graham with three sacks also. But it's like their defense is only decent, though. It, it was completely non-existent last year. And, but it's it's slightly better right now. And it's still definitely an offensive-minded team, I'd have to say. Um, the Vikings, I think they should be able to beat this team. I mean, right? It's on the road. Uh, the Vikings' history in Philadelphia has not been good, though. Um, we don't play them that much over there either. We usually beat them here. Historically, we all seem to always beat the Vikings here. I mean, we haven't we haven't played the Eagles that much, though. Man, it's been a long, long, long time. I think Donovan McNabb was the quarterback last time. And I remember Ty Detmer years ago against Brad Johnson. Back in the day, back in good old 97. Um... It's tough. Or was it even 97? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, it was against Brad Johnson. So, um, the Vikings should be able to beat this team, right? It's like, I can't think about 16-0, but, I, you know, and I don't want to get too excited, overly excited, overly cocky or anything, but why not? Why shouldn't the Vikings be able to beat this team? Now, I guess Dallas. Dallas is also in the NFC East. Whoa, that's tough. That's a tough division. Yeah, I, 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 I get them all mixed up. South, East, and West. So I apologize about that. Dallas. Duh. Dallas is the other one as well. That's a really tough division. Looks like the Giants are going to be riding the bottom here with how Washington's playing. And, of course, Dallas Cowboys continue to freaking win, which pisses me off. And I'm sure it pisses other people off. Not that I don't think the Vikings can beat them, but clearly they're a threat. I mean, they beat Cincinnati pretty easily. So, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're trying to get all you-know-who fired there. Um... It's like nobody really stands out uh, on this team except Carson Wentz. Now, of course, again, Darren Sproles is dangerous. That's the one That's one guy I fear a little bit. But with Zimmer's defense, I mean, you don't think they're going to be able to contain this guy enough that he, he's just going to be rendered like every time you throw the ball to him, Eric Kendricks is going to knock the ball away or something like that. Or if he does catch it, he's going to be brought down very quickly. Philadelphia is going to score points in the game, I think. This is right now, at least this season... This season, not career-wise, mind you, because Aaron Rodgers is way better, but at this moment, Carson Wentz is playing better than any quarterback we've gone up against. It'll be an interesting reality check for Carson Wentz, though, because you're going against what I would call probably the best defense in the NFL at this stage in the first five games. This one's tough to pick. You know, I mean, this is, could be one of those sneaky little ones that drives you crazy, or it could be just yet another victory for a team that's playing better than anybody right now. Easily the top team now. They are the Vikings are the top team in the NFL right now, and that is not a homer pick. It is a fact. They are playing better than anybody on the planet. But again, you got 11 football games to go, 11 regular season games to go. So, and of course, you got uh, at least three playoff games. If you are, if you have the first round by to prove, you know, including one of them being the Super Bowl to prove you're the best team, but you get the idea. Um, at this moment, this is the best team in football going against a pretty solid team um, who's had some good moments. Uh, their shining moment was crushing the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know where that came from, but it happened. <sighs> Man, I'm driving, driving me crazy. I have to pick a Vikings win, though, because... I don't think Carson Wentz is going to be able to figure out the Vikings' defense enough. And again, there's other threats on this team that don't scare me too much. And the and the and the uh, Philadelphia defense doesn't really scare me either. They did well against Pittsburgh, but again, I don't know what the hell happened in that one. It was just a sloppy mess. 
I'm going to pick a Vikings victory, 27-24. Very close, very close game. You're going to see field goals made by Blair Walsh. Hopefully not missed, but you might see one missed. <laughs> um, that, I mean, that's about where I'm standing at this stage. Um, I liked what Matthew Stafford is able to do against this team, so who's to say Sam Bradford can't beat these guys? So, I mean, I got to pick a Vikings victory right now. Uh, how about this? Don't be surprised to see Philadelphia build possibly a double-digit lead early on. Maybe ten nothing. Maybe maybe fourteen to three, something like that. Um, something along that along those lines. But I think the Vikings will come through. You'll see a big turnover. You'll see that big moment, and things will change. And the Vikings ultimately win twenty-seven twenty-four. You're going to see a big turnover at some point. Big sack, safety, something like that. Something that changes the game from a Daniil Hunter. A Everson Griffin, Harrison Smith, guys like that who who just changed the game at big moments, and then Sam Bradford will definitely have, <laughs> and Sam Bradford will definitely have a uh, huge. <laughs> he will have a huge motive going into this one to show this the Philadelphia Eagles that they made a mistake, regardless of how good uh, Carson, how good Carson Wentz is. That he will say, hey, you just threw me away. Yeah, not really, though. Obviously, they gave up a number one pick. But hey, you traded up. You traded me away. I'm going to beat you guys. He'll know some of the secrets for Philadelphia. I got to think. And he'll take care of business there. There it is. Uh, Vikings win 27-24. We'll be back right after this for some fan interaction. back once again for segment number three fan interaction thank you so much for joining me for another episode of purple mafia and right in here in the, in the fan interaction can't thank you guys enough for for your involvement with this show to call in it is 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 it is a voicemail do treat it as such mention you're calling into the purple mafia show or joey or whatever and then do your statement shout out comment question whatever it is keep it to about a minute maybe two maximum if you really have a lot to say um there's multiple ways to get a hold there's again that call in line you'll see that in the show description along with the facebook page and twitter i'll mention those in a second but again they will be in the show description along with the email address um the second way to get a hold of things if you may be international there is the call now button on the facebook page which you're called directly to the tss line so it's basically using Facebook Messenger, I do believe. So that would mean it's no long distance. I do believe it goes through the Facebook Messenger system, and there you go. Then you can jump right on board, and you don't have to worry about it, and there you go. It'll go right to TSS, and you rock and roll. If not, otherwise, there is, a, by means of audio submission, very simple stuff. Just use your cell phone or tablet, or whatever it is, yeah, cell phone or tablet, there's a free voice recorder on all of them, there's always applications, but most of the time there's one on the, on the there's, an, there's an app already on the tablet, uh, cell phone, whatever it is, and just record, basically like pretend you're making a phone call, in that case, and then email it to me, the file, to paladinolive at yahoo.com, and I'll put it right on there, in fact, that one will be even quicker, probably, because I'll be able to get it, I it won't have to go through Dylan, it just comes directly to me, paladinolive at yahoo.com, so, to the Twitter account, it is at Purple Mafia Show, of course, all one word, want to thank you guys for retweeting, those of you that have liked and retweets, Malcolm McSween, thank you so much, out of Northern Cal there, 
Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, Vince Germano out of Australia, Melbourne, Australia. Just like, isn't that cool? <laughs> I mean, you're from all over the place, aren't you? Uh, Adam Carlson of the Purple People Podcast, also liking it. Thank you very much, Adam Carlson. Purple People Podcast. If he's still on there, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't been keeping up with that one lately, and I apologize. Been going crazy. Uh, Mad Martin says, out of Northern Scotland, he says, don't understand why they are not bringing in competition to deal with Walsh. This worries me. We all remember the AP fumble. Yes, and yes, that stirred the crap out of me. And remember how I predicted that AP would screw us way back in 09? Because uh, I was doing Purple Mafia back then, unlike every other Purple Viking show that exists. I was the only one on the planet back then. <laughs> I don't mean to brag, but it's a fact, like it or not. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't want that to happen, no. Uh, luckily, everything was down the pipe today, but... Uh, yeah, it bugs me. Supposedly the Vikings are trying to work some people out, but of course Dallas worked out uh, Robbie Gold. We'll see what happens. Gold, Gold, whatever his name is. Um, Mad Martin says issues in 09 and how that came to bite us in the arse. Okay, it's kind of actually continuing from the last one in that championship game, which we should have won by 14 points or more. Yes, I agree. Um, you can see us getting to the championship game or Super Bowl and Walsh missing. Don't, don't say it. Please don't say it. <laughs> and Dallas Dysonbox says, good morning. Don't even remind me. I agree. Um, let's try not to go there. We got to try to put that in the past and go for a championship. Just screw it. Let's just not, let's just make sure we're up by a big enough margin. We don't have to worry about Chris, Chris Walsh, right? Chris Walsh, Blair Walsh. I'd rather have Chris Walsh kicking the field goals at this stage. For those of you old enough to remember number 81, um, Walsh saying, Walsh, oh my God, I'm sorry, Mad Martin, I am really sorry, Dave. He says, uh, good morning, we need, we good afternoon, we need a kicker who can get the job done in that key moment, and I don't trust him. Yep, uh, Christopher, Viking Liver says, I almost hope he loses a regular season game for us that prompts his release so he can't do it in the playoffs. Maybe that'll be the Philadelphia game, Christopher. Uh, maybe. Um, Dave coming back with, I understand the loyalty being shown to him, but I agree. He loses us a regular season game. I hope he goes. Just started the podcast. Calm down, my man. <laughs> the 92 and, and 93 Cowboys. Thanks for the Vikings. For that 98 Vikings started the, the modern. <laughs> yep, it did start the modern passing. And we also have the whole... And oh, that is starting to click back up that D. Yep, it's clicked to back up that D. Yes, it is. It's really helpful, and it helped today a lot. It gave that defense a little cushion today, and that that's nice. I'm sure the defense appreciated it very much. Again, Mariano Rivera into John Wetland back in the days for the New York Yankees in the late 90s. Um, 96 particularly. Um, Maeve Martin again saying, this is a very different team from 98. Takes me back to the Grant era with the new Purple People Eaters. If only we had given Zimmer a call 10 years ago. <laughs> Just, we could have had this. Uh, we could have been here, basically. Yep. We could have We could have been here. What a what if. Uh, after the years of putting the GM down, I'm starting to love the guy. The guy's moves this past four years. He's built a team that we'd be proud of. Loving your enjoyment of this win, that being the Giants game. Trying to keep the volume down. Yep, and trying to keep the volume down. And that's what I'm doing. Yep, I'm doing it again, at least later on in the show. I apologize if it's kind of funky. So as you, um, yes, uh, Rick Spielman has just made unbelievable moves the last four years because you had some mistakes. You had, you had Christian Ponder, Matt Khalil, and others along the way. Asher Allen, just a total nobody. It seemed like anybody taken 
any defensive backs we take in the draft, they'd always be bust. It was so frustrating. Now, all of a sudden, they're all good. I mean, whoa, what a change, huh? I think what a difference a Zimmer makes, you know, right? What a difference a Zimmer makes. Um, before I continue, I couldn't believe the drop-off in numbers last week. I think there was issues with iTunes, though. Something was funny, like iTunes and HipCast, because... Uh, Felix DePel out of Germany kept saying for like a day there that it wasn't showing up. And I was noticing it even here. Like something was funny going on. It's almost like I should have just deleted it and re-uploaded the show. Like when when you're seeing funny issues like that, maybe I'll do that if it happens again. Because, um, I mean, we're talking slash numbers. We're talking about one-third the listeners that I normally get. That's weird. I don't think... After after dominating the New York Giants, I'm going to lose one-third of my listeners. That just doesn't sound right. I don't think I said anything that bad on that show. That would scare everybody away. I'm not perfect, but come on. <laughs> uh, Dave continuing. Uh, lots of tweets from him. How is it possible the Lions are so bad? I have to admire anyone who's a fan of that team. That's dedication. Well, yeah, but they beat the Eagles today. So thank you. Thank you, Detroit. <laughs> but I do understand that because that went on forever. How about Jason Hansen, the kicker? That's impressive that he stayed there 20 Frickin' years. Um, and it was right after they went to the conference, you know, because he started in 92. So they had that great season in 91, went to the NFC title game, lost to the Washington frickin' Redskins. And since 92 on, they just had a couple decent, mediocre, good years and a lot of sucking after that. Dave wrapping his tweets up saying, I'm thinking 14-2 and two this year. Hashtag faith. Where do you see a loss? Maybe Philadelphia. Um, maybe at Lambeau Field, stuff like that. Um, but I am not picking a loss yet in Philadelphia. There's other tough ones coming up, though, and we'll get to them when we get to them, I suppose. I'll, um, yeah, I'm almost tempted to go dig around right now. <laughs> but uh, I wish I had it up and running right now, but I don't. <laughs> it, it's going to be, it, it's not going to be the easiest thing ever, though. I mean, obviously, 16-0 and is almost impossible. And do you even want to be 16-0? and is is it even worth it? Because, well, look how good the Patriots were, and they ended up with nothing. Very frustrating. So, you got Philadelphia, Chicago, then uh, Detroit. I don't think we're going to lose that. Washington, maybe. That's kind of a tough one, because it's at Washington. I think the Vikings will beat Arizona. At Detroit, mm, Dallas here. Vikings should win that at home. At Jacksonville, we better win that, even though they're kind of weird. Indianapolis here is a win. See, Lambeau Field's a tough one. Yeah, maybe Lambeau Field. Um, I don't know. Maybe Lambeau Field, because that's just how it goes, the division. Maybe that one, maybe Philadelphia, maybe Washington. So, worst case scenario, 13-3 and three maybe. Uh, well, I shouldn't say worst case scenario. They could go 12-4, and four too, like we did that, you know. And then we blew home field advantage. That was bullcrap. So, not a whole lot of losses on that schedule, though. They could be 14-2 and two pretty easy. Uh, today, like the tweet I was mentioned in, yep, thank you for that. He says, the offense looks so sharp so far today. Just need to keep the pressure on. Let's put up some big numbers today. And that was against the Giants, and I was thinking he'd get to 30. He seemed to like it. He says, could be 30 by halftime, and Malcolm loved that. I also posted a tweet saying, this is some incredible stuff. Truly a dominant football team right now, and it really is. Malcolm and Tanae liking that one. So now we get to the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. This is the big place right here, at least in some cases it is. Uh, the in-game thread, I might go to the end there. And I got to give a... Okay, Dave Hickey jumping at the end there. I got to give a huge hand to Dave... Uh, excuse me, to Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota. Now, I'm not mad at anybody for not showing up in there today. I mean, it was 
shockingly inactive. I understand if people were busy at the time, maybe they had to come back and watch the game later, that type of thing. That happens a lot, or they're just so into the game, they're not even going on the Facebook page. And because last week I was less active, because I was kind of, you know, I had to... I had to watch the game later than I would have liked. It was one of those type of things. Um, Brett McCarthy, i got to give you a big hand over <laughs> for being on there. I really appreciate you very much. Um, I'm not mad at anybody, but Brett McCarthy, he's, he's on there every week, and I really appreciate you a lot. Just got to let you know that, and it's fun in, uh, interacting with him on there. Dave Vicky out of Iowa says, It's great to see the offense get going today. Great contrib- contributions all around. Bradford, Thielen, and Jerry is right. Yep, love that. CP84 getting involved. They get my Fran Award, and I don't know who gets the Ponder Award. Maybe the Waterboy, because the whole team played great. Rhodes may have gotten a few penalties. Yep, so he's like the closest thing to it, but only because of the penalties. His overall play was good, but the penalties kind of screwed us, kind of screwed around a little bit. I shut the Texan receivers down. Yep, Hopkins is one of the best in the league, and just as I write this, he scores a touchdown on Rhodes. Yep, oh well, game over a while ago. With this ass-kicking skull, thanks for the gold star last week, Joey. Knockout performance by you, and thank you so much, Dave. And you had a knockout performance last week as well, my friend, and good post there. You should be <laughs> very good post. Dave is almost just about always a star candidate on this show. I'm going to say Brett McCarthy is a star candidate for, yeah, his, his loyalty, and just in general, he really gets it. Uh, Sebastian Barton, that being Sebastian Paul, saying it's his great but an odd feeling. Not used to being dominant, and it really is awesome, isn't it, Sebastian? He does the purple press box, but he's kind of been MIA lately. Uh, <laughs> he's got a new girlfriend, and he's been going to every game, and he's t- posted a lot of pictures, and that's cool. I totally understand what's going on there. Um, just just giving you, and of course, gotta got to give a shout-out to that show, though, the purple press box. Yes, um... Of course, Sebastian, big, huge friend of the show. He's been a poster on Facebook page, and he's called in so many times. And I encourage you, Sebastian, to call in anytime, buddy, okay? Anytime call in if you're able to. I understand your busy schedule. I have a busy schedule, too, and you got a new girlfriend. That can complicate things as well. I I get that. So, yeah, just, again, encourage you to call in uh, without a doubt. Patrick Grant simply saying dominant, and I agree. Felix DePel out of Germany saying Patterson, love it. I agree. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota saying, my daughter was born this morning. Yep, congratulations, Tony. Got to give you a big hand there. Big hand and welcome to the world, young lady. So this was her first Viking experience. They gave her a win just like I knew they would. Skull Vikings. And Mark Carlson saying, congrats, Tony. Yep, I agree. Mark Carlson out of Iowa. Brett McCarthy says, Skull, nice win. Like the way this team steps up with all the injuries. Tony saying, Eagles lost today. Undefeated records are down to the Vikings and Broncos, and that's over now. Yep, at the time he typed it, yep, 5-0. and Vikings feels good. The Broncos are my AFC team, so I'm running high right now. LOL. Edit. Vikings sit alone on top. Yep, there you go. Yep, he changed it because they are alone now. Leland out of Iowa says, very nice show of domination. Enjoy the week off and get healthy. Think the Vikes are going to need it as we head into the Philly Grinder Skull Vikes. Mark Carlson says, maybe too late to get my comments aired. Yep, you you made it, buddy, for the show. Yeah, if it wasn't for that debate, I would have recorded by now, so maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> but he says, I'm blown away by the team that has come out of the wreckage from years of Ponder and Tavares Jackson. This new team is playing like a team in all areas, and I am thrilled. I agree. 
I made a mistake. Usually I start off with the last uh, show, so I apologize for that. I know there's some really friendly comments in here. Felix DePel says, hey, Joey, the show, yep, he was trying to go on there and all that crap going on, so luckily he did end up getting it. Thank you, Felix, very much for your loyalty. I really appreciate you. I think Felix should be a star candidate. Uh, Mark Nelson says, there are many things I like about the Pro Mafia show. One thing I really like is that Paladino Joey can talk about stats, but not just focus on stats. I like hearing the numbers, but I really enjoy hearing Joey talking about the personal side of the numbers because life is related to math and numbers, but it's more alive to me that way in the way it's presented here. That's an interesting way of putting it. I'm not 100% sure what you mean there. I think I know, but not 100% sure. But that that's really cool, though. I think I know what you mean, how, you, how I kind of add life to how the numbers got there, right? Okay, I, yeah, like, like painting a picture, right? Uh, yep. I think that's what you mean. He says, one more thing, and it might sound dumb, but I love the way he ends the broadcast, too. Listen again to the last five minutes of this episode. Love it, don't you? Mark from Iowa. See, that's a guy, yeah, that definitely relates to what I bring, and it, it means a lot every time I hear it. I mean, it's awesome. Thank you so much for that, Mark. Yeah, he's a star candidate. <laughs> Gerald Swing says, Just out of curiosity, I downloaded a few other podcasts this week, and Purple Mafia is still the best out there in my book. Joey has an outstanding memory of history, creativity blended, and creativity blended in with the current team news and game reviews. Look forward to it every week. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Keep the George stories coming with a thumbs up. Yeah, thank you so much, Gerald. I mean, it, it's... It never, you know, it never gets old to me. You know, just hearing, uh, it, it, it means a lot. To, it really does. Um, I try my best. I try to add that magical ingredient to the show that maybe other shows don't. I do think, you know, after doing this for eight and a half years, I, I think Purple Mafia is the best Viking podcast out there. I do feel that, and I'm doing the best I can to keep it that way. Um... I'm just trying to keep up with things, trying to eliminate mistakes, trying to eliminate confusion, this and that. Just, <laughs> I mean, when I started doing this show, it was kind of a mess. It really was, but I'm trying my best, and it means a lot to hear that. It really does. Um, I was talking about the San Francisco Giants with Madison Bumgarner. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, I was saying, here they come again. I think they're going to win the World Series. Well, they're down 2 nothing to the Cubs, and I think the winner of that series will win the World Series. Um, that's just my little baseball take, because I guess Purple Mafia is the closest thing to baseball. Kind of the seasons are closer a little bit. A little bit, and I don't know, football and baseball fans may be more related than hockey, but who knows? Actually, they, they, they kind of all are related, but it's baseball season, I guess, right now while I'm doing this show. That's why it's more related. Um, yeah. Ali bringing up the other Shepherds. There's go saying letting Harbaugh go was very stupid. The guy's a hothead but really can coach. And I, I agree. I like Jim Harbaugh. And look at the Niners now. But as for the Giants, well, if they win, they'll definitely have earned it. And they, the, the Cubs have to beat Bumgarner to get there, though. Uh, saying no Stefan Diggs. Let's see what the response is. Tonight says give us some treadwell, please. And they still didn't tonight. But you saw Jerry's right, which I did like. Uh, the in game threat I just did. Now for the 5 0 Vikings part. Oh, I already read that. <laughs> Duh. That's funny. That's good. I'm glad I got that done already. Uh, Vikings are working out 2008 number one overall pick. Offensive tackle, Jake Long. Sources from ESPN. 
He played only 11 snaps last season with the Falcons, so dire straits indeed with the constant injuries due to like Brandon Fusco and of course Khalil and others. Um, it's going to be interesting. Going to be very interesting. Uh, Jake Long, number one overall pick. He, you know, it seems like yesterday. I remember Jake Long and the other Long that went to St. Louis, the the, the defensive player. Hmm. Going to be very interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, saying the Vikings are the only remaining undefeated team, and that got some positive response in there. A lot of likes. Jeff Froyland out of Iowa says, the longer the show, the better, Skull. And who keeps... I got. I don't understand where the hide part comes from. Something is, keeps... Some of the comments get hidden. I don't know why. It must be some kind of auto thing, but it's fixed now. Brett McCarthy saying Skull. Mark Carlson smiling, very happy there. And I posted the 5-0 and picture from a different website, but oh well. <laughs> Isn't that how it all starts? Tonight saying, what a feeling. Today's game was so much fun. I wish we didn't have the bye this week. The team was riding some serious momentum. I guess we need the rest, though. We're pretty thin in the O-line at the moment. Yeah, it's probably for the best, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, you don't want to end any momentum, but they do have to rest, I suppose. And the, I guess now's the time for the bye week. It's like, what what can you do? Visitor posts. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's going to be a fun thing to wrap up the show with. <laughs> uh, come on, where is it? Okay, I already did the 4-0. Didn't I read the app? I did read it, didn't I? Yes, good. I did read it because I recorded Tuesday night. And that one's already done. Yeah, that's where the confusion comes in because those were later... Brent Jacobs, and that's the one that was... Okay, so here we go. Tony Coleman. Colin Coward has the Vikings at number one. So he goes from a guy who called us, you know, who said Seattle wasn't lucky in that playoff game and Minnesota lost that game, blah, 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 to calling us number one. So, okay, I guess I can be a little nicer to him now because that kind of pissed me off at the time. Uh, he says the Vikings have a streak of eight straight games, keeping opponents under 20 points, the longest streak in the NFL, and that is insane. In same. Gotta love that. Ali posting the fl- flashback Friday and keep these coming, Ali. Love it. Out of Pro Football Spot, he covers the Vikings on that very nice website. Thank you very much, Ali, for posting these. Keep them coming. It keeps the page alive and gives us, you know, it's just another link to a good, good, uh, some, some good writing. Uh, prediction of the Vikings and Texans. Yep, we're getting the Vikings win in there in the predictions. Gotta like that. And this is fun. Tony Coleman wrapping things up here. With another knock-knock deal <laughs> with the NFC North quarterbacks. Of course, Sam Bradford is the knock-knock guy. And he says, knock-knock. And then Matthew Stafford says, who's there? <laughs> and then Sam Bradford says, undy. And I love that picture. It's just so funny, that look of Sam Bradford's face. <laughs> Jay Cutler's face might be even funnier. It's that depressed, classic Jay Cutler look. Undy who? And Sam Bradford says, undefeated. 5-0, and oh, Skull, and then Aaron Rodgers is left with that frown, the stare, at a depressing press conference again, which unfortunately doesn't look like he's going to have one, but oh, the Giants still have some hope. But the Packers have the ball. That sucks. Hmm. Damn. I hate, I hate the Packers. I want the Giants to beat them, but well, I, I don't know. What's life without competition, I guess, right? Gotta earn it, don't we? We gotta earn it. We can't just hope the Giants beat him, and all of a sudden the Packers suck. Oh, maybe the Giants recovered the ball here. Hmm. Well, look at this. How about a little bit of live live radio here for you? No, not really live, but... 
And I'll probably keep it. Not seeing too much excitement yet. Nope. Of course, Green Bay keeps the ball. Shock of the century. Hmm. So there it is. Ah, man, what fun. Is this the final five minutes mark, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. I like throwing this in at the end because, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, just really appreciate you guys so much. So let's pass out the stars first. I'm going to get the gold star to Brett McCarthy for being so loyal and hanging in there. Second gold star of the year, by the way. Been very active uh, during the game. And um, don't be afraid to call in sometime, Brett. Uh, keep posting, though. Yep, thank you very much for your activity. Gold star to Brett McCarthy this week. Silver star has to go to... Silver Star is going to go to Mark Carlson. What an awesome comment on there. It just it means a lot. A lot of the stuff I said in the final five minutes. I mean, this is this is your this is your moment here. I almost ought to give him the cold, but oh no, I'm, no, I mean either way. I mean Brett McCarthy, really, uh, really th- appreciate that. Dave Vicky, Gerald String are going to share the bronze this week. Yep, good comments. Thank you guys so much. And you know what? All your comments are great. It was quieter this week. Yankee, I, I gave him a. Did I ever give him a gold? I think I've given him silvers. You know, he's 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 deserved a gold here and there, too. I mean, a lot of you guys, I could give a gold to just about any week. I mean, it's spectacular. Dave Higgy, still lots of good. Mark Carlson, Sebastian, over the years. Um, missed him a bit. I wish he'd post more on here, but I'm glad he posted a little bit. But I guess it's on me. I need to post on his page, too. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, though, for that. Um... Boy, it was pretty cold this morning, wasn't it? Uh, we're going to have a little bit of warming up going on on Monday and then back into the cold again midweek, but not as cold, that type of thing. Saw a little bit of frost this morning, but it wasn't anything like, oh my God, watch out for that. But yeah, it's October and probably about this week, I got to think, is when you're going to start seeing the peak, the fall peaking colors. About this week into next week, I would say. And then before you know it, there's going to be a trillion leaves on the ground and here come fall cleanups again. Oh, I don't really look forward to it, but I guess at least it'll wrap up the mowing season eventually by about Thanksgiving. Like, that's about usually when that ends completely. But it's cleanups the whole month of November. It's pretty, as long as it isn't raining. This is the time of year, if it's not raining, it's gorgeous. And if it's raining, it's freaking miserable. It's dark, it's dank, and it never stops raining. And it could drive you absolutely nuts. Oh, man, you know what I forgot? I better, I, 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 I got to backtrack. I got to backtrack. Good thing I, good thing it just caught on me right now because I got to read what you guys said about the, oh wait, maybe you already did. I already did read the George stories. Yeah, never mind. I already did read it last week because I continued off of that. Nope, 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 never mind. Um, and I do appreciate that those of you out there do like the George stories and I hope you like this one. This one was well, my favorite. I laughed so freaking hard when it happened. It happened not that long ago. Only like 2014, spring of 2015. That's what it was. Funniest thing ever, Dad dropping those seeds. <laughs> I love doing the George stories. They're fun. Um, well, here's how that idea originated. It was I was at, you know, when I'm at work and you work a job like inspecting stints, expanding stints, you're kind of hanging around a lot and you're around people a lot. And it's the same people you maybe, the ones you get along with. You, st- you know, I, I like to tell little stories like that, like that. You, you kind of wander, your mind wanders a little bit because work's boring as hell, isn't it? it? It it really can be. Even if you're busy, it is boring because it's just repetitious sometimes. And I get into storytelling while I'm working. Luckily, I'm able to. It's the kind of job where you can work and talk, so to speak. It doesn't ruin anything as long as you stay focused on the job at the same time. 
but that's how it originated. I started telling stories, and then I started calling them George stories. And a, another George story happened last night, that type of thing. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me in the summertime, you know, maybe I should do a segment. Maybe, yeah, I mean, it actually dawned on me last spring, and I was saying, I'm, I'm going to create a new segment this year called George stories. <laughs> you know, because I started calling them George stories about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, year and a half ago or so. It's it's been a while, maybe two years ago. Actually, it's been a while. Yeah, um, I just called it George stories. Just funny stuff that's happened with my dad, and then it's like I should put it on Purple Mafia someday. And then this was the year. There it is, George stories. <laughs> so they're going to be coming for a while, long as you guys truly do like them and <laughs> all that. Hope I don't get any complaints about it. One thing though, I'm begging all of you out there, and there have been a lot of people that love this show and have shown their loyalty and, and have helped out the show by by, uh, by uh, giving a positive rating on iTunes. And those of you out there that, that have been listening for a while, and maybe I never met you never met you on Facebook or Twitter or anything, if you're out there, hey, just join the pages. And please, if you could, it would mean so much to this show if you want to help it out to uh, write a positive review on Purple Mafia. Please give me a positive five-star review for Purple Mafia. Hey, Brave the Wild and Timberwolves Explosion could use a little bit of that love as well. They really could. It's just not enough activity on iTunes of that. Um, because some of the other weeds out there, they get like a trillion five-star ratings. And I swear to God, it's all their little fraternity friends. That's all it is. Because most of them are really young people and whatever. Um, or they're just, I don't know, they're just ahead whatever for whatever reason. They know a lot of people. And it's all their friends doing it. With me... I don't have like 700 friends that just sit there and, you know, that are, you know, that are really, you know, used to being on iTunes and, and, and doing all that, I suppose. It's one of those things. I'm not, I'm not a millennial. I'm a little bit, tiny bit older. So it's like, it's a little bit tougher to get ratings on there. So I appreciate you guys. Those of you that are millennials, maybe you're used to using these devices. If you could please get on there and uh, help me out. See, I mean, I'm used to it because I'm, I'm technologically sound. And I'm not that old. I'm just older, slightly, that type of thing. So, again, thank you guys so much for all that. It's greatly appreciated. Um, Jeff Froyland earlier said the longer the show, the better. So it's a little longer now, a little adding this little final segment, final little mini segment at the end here. So just got that across. I better stop now and wish you guys a good week, uh, a good week off. There will be no Purple Mafia next week. Um just enjoy the week. Enjoy the Sunday. Hopefully it's a nice sunny day. Get outside. Don't stay indoors. Get outside if you can. Go for a walk. Go go bike riding if it's comfortable. If it's not too breezy, like super cold. I love breeze, but not if it's real cold. Um, of course, my definition of cold is a lot different than some people. <laughs> some people think cold is when it's like 55 degrees, 65 degrees out. Uh, no, I think cold is when it's like 30 40 something low 40s and breezy that's cold <laughs> um for for bike riding but you get the idea now i'm running it even longer so stay warm stay cool whatever it is do enjoy yourself get outside and enjoy those fall colors and we'll come back to hopefully talk about a 6-0 football team but until then stay safe stay alive and take care